All right, it's Monday, October 25th, in the year of our Lord, 2021. All kinds of crazy stuff going on in our world. Uh, But really, has there ever been a time when there wasn't all kinds of crazy stuff going on in our world? I think the issue is now that we can see it all happening via the internet. And so all kind of crazy stuff in the news, political stuff and violence. And man, it's just it's some bad stuff out there. And I would say in the face of all of that, don't get distracted. Let's develop discipline. Let's develop diligence And uh, let's make decisions that move the kingdom forward because wherever you go, the light of Jesus goes. It pierces the darkness because the kingdom is inside of you if you are a believer. And so you have an anointing from the Holy One. The Bible says that. Uh, That word meaning that you have the ability, you've been chosen, you've been commissioned to do things that are far above what you could have done on your own. And so last week I talked about discipline and how we need to train ourselves. You know, the word even says we need to train ourselves to be godly. We, we need to learn discipline and grow in discipline, and sometimes that requires mentors around us to, you know, kind of oversee and check us. I got a couple that call me. You know, I got one that calls me. Bless his heart. I know he never listens to this, but he's my dear friend and mentor, Jimmy Bratcher, and his nickname for me is Slacker. It doesn't matter how hard I'm working. He's like, what are you doing, Slacker? Because he's always working harder, you know? And uh, listen, I know that we're not saved by our works and and Jesus loves us. We don't have to go out and change the whole world. Uh, But we do need to be growing in our potential, don't we? We need to be taking new ground for our own sake, but also for the kingdom. We, We need, listen, there's something, I tell inmates this all the time. There's something worse than the loss of your physical freedom, and that is the loss of a sense of purpose, a reason to get up in the morning. Okay, I don't think that that's God's will for our life. He wants us to have a reason to get up, and therefore he gave us a great commission. He's called us to proclaim the gospel, to make disciples, and there's all sorts of ways that we do that, okay? Uh, But anyway, this idea of discipline, you know, I, I got home, we've been home just over a week, and man, right before we got home, we stopped and visited some family in Charlotte. And then we went down to Virginia Beach. We got donors in those areas too. And we had to have a couple of meetings. Uh, but I had some downtime and I worked on my master to-do list. And uh, all the things I was going to do once I got back in my studio, I got back to my house, things I need to do around the house, just a, a ton of things. And I had it in my heart, man, when I hit the ground, when we get done, we're, we're just going to get all this stuff done. Once we get this RV unloaded, man, all this stuff is going to happen. I, I've been off the rails as far as my fitness routine for a solid month. Man, I was eating fried chicken and pizza, and I just letting it all hang out, man. And... Uh, but I saw it, and I knew I needed to make a correction on my course here, and uh, obviously the scales showed it too. And so I made this plan when it comes to fitness. I'm going to work out, you know, get back on my routine six days a week, 30 minutes a day, 1,500 calories a day. That's what works for me. I can eat whatever I want. I just have to monitor the calories. Well, let me tell you, man, oh, man, did I fall off the rails this week. I only got three workouts in, but I did get three workouts in. Um, and I, you know, my dieting was kind of up and down all over the place. You know, I, I, a couple of days were okay. And this is where I, I talked about four ways of developing life giving habits through discipline. 
And the first thing I said in the last episode is don't throw stones at yourself. Adapt and overcome. You know, adjust your course. And so hopefully this week will be better, you know. Uh, I'm not going to throw stones at myself and say, oh, man, I, I'm never going to get back there again. I'm not going to talk like that. I'm going to keep pressing it in. I, I want to get five or six workouts in this week. I may only get three again. I, I hope not. But but I'm, I'm going to apply myself, but I'm not going to throw stones at myself. So if you set goals and you fall short of them, don't don't waller in your defeat. Get up in the face of it. You know, it was John Paul Jones that said, you know, his ship was about to sink, had been blasted by this British frigate in the Revolutionary War, and they asked him if he was ready to surrender, and he said, we've only begun to fight. And he ended up taking over that British frigate. It was a big, big deal in the, in the, in the uh, Revolutionary War. So don't throw stones at yourself. Just get back up and keep moving, which is what we're going to get on this topic of diligence and what that means. Uh, I said we develop life-giving habits by asking the Lord for patience and being patient with ourselves. Uh, I said we should focus on developing systems, not just achieving the goals. Systems that will lead to the achievement of gold. Systems that pay attention to the environments that take you off your game or keep you on your game. Systems of discipline include paying attention to the things that trigger you, you know, in the right direction or the wrong direction. And that requires advanced planning. And so this second series or the second part of this series on diligence, let's just talk about that for a minute. It's a major theme in the Proverbs and, uh, you know, I read the Proverbs just about every day because I want wisdom, and and that's like the book of wisdom, and there's all sorts of nuggets in there, and I encourage you, if you haven't been a regular reader, if you need wisdom, knowing when to do what, there's no better place to look than the Proverbs. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff in there that don't make sense until you really study it, but some of it right on the surface just speaks, speaks to us and how we walk out our potential, and diligence is one of those themes. Dictionary.com says that diligence is constant and earnest effort to accomplish what is undertaken. Persistent exertion of body or mind. I really like that. Webster said in 1828, steady application in business of any kind. Constant effort to accomplish what is undertaken. Exertion of body or mind without unnecessary delay or sloth. There are some things that delay our constant effort. Um, there's, you know, things that happen in life um, that that are necessary. But sometimes there's unnecessary, and I'm guilty of that, man. I, I listen. I can fall into the Facebook trap. I can fall into the Netflix trap. I do, but I'm not going to throw stones at myself. I'm going to see it, get up, and say, "All right, let's get back on the game." Okay. Let's not make unnecessary delay and sloth keep me from applying constant effort, steady application to the things I really want to accomplish. The Oxford Dictionary says careful and persistent work or effort. So, so you see it over and over again uh, that just about everybody defines it as this constant pressure, this constant effort to accomplish the things that you undertake. That you must have something that we're we're good at, or at least a novice at, you know, I look at guitar, for example, um, man, the beginning of that, you know, I talked about the ice cube and how you take that out of the freezer and you set it on the counter, it stays frosted for a while, but if you leave it out long enough and don't put it directly back in the freezer, sooner or later, 
you're going to see a coating of water on the outside of that ice cube, and eventually it's going to melt. That moment when the frost begins to turn and the melting process happens, a lot of people give up on developing a new skill or a new talent. When it comes to guitar, you guys know you first start that, that play, or any instrument really, um, you know, you, you, you get sore with the guitar players. We get, we get calluses on our fingers. We get frustrated. We can't get our fingers positioned right. But there comes a day when suddenly there's a turning point. And there's all, plenty of room. There's always room to grow. But there's a turning point where now you can actually play and change those chords. And, and that's from constant and persistent effort. And a lot of people give up. You know, they try for a little while, I can't get this right, and they give up. They're not diligent at that, so perhaps they chose a wrong goal and they should apply their diligence elsewhere, but I can tell you that we're not going to accomplish and fulfill our potential without diligence. A couple of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 12, 27, whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get precious wealth. Now, you might not be about roasting game, but you, what's being said there is that obviously somebody, it's his game, somebody goes out and hunts and gets the animal, gets partway there, but is too lazy to roast it, and it goes to waste. Too many people stop. They don't continue to apply that constant effort. Proverbs 13, 4, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Proverbs 10.4, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligence brings wealth. Proverbs 12.24, this is one of my favorites. The hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. In other words, if you don't have a plan for your life, someone else does. If, if you don't have a vision and you're not pursuing, there's a time, you know, for most of my life, I served the vision of another leader because I didn't have enough clarity uh, as to, you know, how to unpack the, the vision in my heart. There was a, you know, a fog there. I could see it a little bit. In the meantime, it, it was important for me to work for somebody else, to learn, to grow, uh, and, and let that vision develop itself. But I never let the vision go. I could see what I wanted to do, even though I didn't know how, um, I, I, and so it was very important for me in the meantime. I had to work. I had to supply for my family. So there's a time to uh, to work for other people, but we don't want to, you know, we, we want to have a vision where, and listen, you can walk out your calling, your, your vision, under the vision of somebody else, which is what I did for most of my life. So not everybody's called to be an entrepreneur and go launch some new thing and work for themselves. Let me tell you, okay, if that is in your heart to do, to... Yeah, go go do something that that you are the top dog and you are the CEO and you run it. Whether that's a cupcake business, a ministry, or anything else, I personally have never worked harder in my life. I've never been more fulfilled. But let me tell you, and I'm not crying the blues here. I'm just telling you. There's a great book called The E Venture Revisited. The E Venture Revisited is about entrepreneurs. And it's about how you guys that run businesses know exactly what I'm talking about. And not a bad book to read, by the way. Um, where it talks about someone that maybe works for somebody. Matter of fact, they use a cupcake shop. And, and they work for somebody, uh, this cupcake shop, making cupcakes. And they, go, they think to themselves, man, I make great cupcakes. I should launch my own cupcake business. 
And so they do, and they find out quickly that instead of wearing that one hat of what he calls the technician, you know, the technical making of the cupcake, now they have to wear a management hat. They have to manage and oversee the business, and then they have to wear the entrepreneurial hat, which is that forward-focused, how are we going to grow this thing? And they find out that all of a sudden, you don't have as much time to make cupcakes because you're much more than a technician now. You've got at least three hats to wear, and you're all over the place. And I found that true. I have to keep grabbing uh, myself and pulling myself back to music, for example, because I love that part. That's a very much a technical part of what we do because I can drift into so much management and so much entrepreneurial part of it that I lose that. I'm really getting sidetracked here, but the hand of the diligent will rule while slothful people will be put to forced labor. You don't want to be put in that, that place where you, because you weren't diligent in pursuing your own goals and your own vision, that you have no choice but to work for somebody else at a job you don't enjoy, that doesn't bring fulfillment, that doesn't provide what you're after. You have no choice but to work under forced labor, to go to work every day and dread every Monday. I don't want to live like that. I mean, I, I, I have ups and downs just like anybody else, but I'm more excited about life than ever, working harder than ever, and really trying to apply diligence. And so let me just give you four ideas uh, around diligence. Or maybe you could say requirements or something like that. But diligent requires goals, both short-term and long-term goals. Uh, we obviously need to apply diligence to these goals, but you've got to have goals in the first place. And we need to know who we are in Christ, and we need to set our sights on those things we feel He has called us to do. By examining our experiences, by examining our skills and abilities and our opportunities the best that we can, we set goals. Now, we, we, don't, we don't get hasty and miss the way. The Proverbs talks about that. But we're not overly cautious either, not afraid to take risk. We look at Paul, I think it's in Acts chapter 16, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, because Paul and his team got it wrong. They were trying to do what God called them to do and proclaim the gospel and plant churches. And they went into a city, and it's, or they went to a city, and it says that the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them enter. Then they went and hiked another few hundred miles to go into another city, and it says the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them enter. I don't know exactly what that means. All I know is that Paul tried to go to A, and it was wrong. He tried to go to B, and it was wrong. And then in the middle of the night, he had a dream of a man from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. Got up the next morning, and it says they concluded. Basically, it wasn't A, it wasn't B. I had a dream. Maybe it's C, and it was, and that opened the door for most of the churches planted uh, in the New Testament, where we get most of the scripture, the epistles from. Uh, and a matter of fact, Paul went into the city, and he didn't even meet a man. He met Lydia, a businesswoman. Uh, and so it's one of my prayers, you know, has been, Lord, show me the man from Macedonia that you want me to reach. When I set goals, and and he did. I It was never in my sights to... Uh, you know, it was in my sights to use music to proclaim the gospel, to go out outside the church walls, to connect with people that may or may not ever show up in a church service and somehow inject the light of Jesus in that world. Well, the Lord made it very clear that the man from Macedonia for us, uh, 
is the prison population, at least for now. So that's where all of our goals and all of our diligence gets applied. How do we do that more effectively? Diligence requires goals. What's your goals? Diligence is constant and consistent effort in the direction of those goals. Not every day is going to be a giant step forward, but it's about constant and steady application, steady pressure. Even if we fall off or, you know, I look at, at my fitness and again, you know, I made no proclamation that I'm the fittest guy ever and that I'm not going to go to heaven today if that's what, you know, God plans. But over my lifetime, um, I have tried and I've, I've gotten on it and I've fallen off the wagon of fitness. Well, I'm 58 years old. My dad only lived to be 50. My grandfather on my mom's side only lived to be 54. Uh, and both of them had besetting habits. And my grandfather on my dad's side lived to be 65. But uh, so far, I've lived longer than my dad and lived longer than one of my grandfathers and with far fewer health issues along the way. By God's grace, I've only spent one night in the hospital my entire life, and that was to get my tonsils out when I was 11 years old. Now, God forbid, I I don't, you know, I I do what I can do. But I I look and I go, well, over the long haul, I think that that even though I've fallen down, I've gotten up, I've fallen down, I've gotten up, I have paid attention to it and monitored it, monitored monitored it. Yeah. Which brings me to my next my next point and that is diligence requires setting priorities. What's important today? For me, I know that that's a that's a vital thing. If if I'm not fit and listen, you guys that don't work out and by that I don't mean like you go to the gym for 2 hours every day and you lift big weights or whatever. I'm talking about you do something that maybe breaks a little sweat. If, that, if, if you walking around the block two times causes you to break a sweat and exert yourself, then you're getting there. And sooner or later, that will grow to three times and four times and maybe a, a slow jog or a bicycle or anything. It's so good not just for your, your body, but for your mind as well. Uh, at least I find it that way. I can have the worst day ever and be in a slump, get in my reclining chair and feel like, man... I'm just going to take a nap, eat some junk food, and watch TV. But if I'll press myself, you know, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon to go out and, and do some kind of fitness exercise for a half hour or so and break a sweat, I'll come back in reinvigorated. Now, maybe not at first. You know, the first few days sometimes can be rough. But but I'll come back reinvigorated, ready to, to do something that evening productive. So such, I'm getting really on that fitness thing, Anna. That's where I, that's where I'm bearing the condemnation today. Uh, what's important today? Now, for me, another thing that I do that might might help you guys. I don't know if you do this, but I try to do it weekly. Um, and I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to uh, I want to get every note right in a song. I, I want to, you know, do I want to do everything. I want to check all the boxes in life and get everything perfect. And that's so dangerous because we're not. As a matter of fact, John Acuff's book, Finish, is a great book. It talks about the most important day in our lives sometimes is the day after we don't get it perfect. What are we going to do now? And a lot of people just kind of give up for a while. We don't want to do that. So one of the things I try to do consistently anyway is I do a brain dump master to-do list. Most weeks, I just dump everything I can think of 
that needs to be done, from staining the deck to putting air in the tires and getting the oil changed in the car to this podcast and emails and, you know, song stuff, all the stuff I've got to do, everything I can possibly think of. I put a little square beside it so I can check it. And I, you know, there's a lot of digital tools out there, but I went back to pencil and paper just to make me slow down and get away from the computer. And I brain dumped that onto a, a pad, a big, you know, pretty big pad that I buy at Barnes and Noble, and uh, and then from that, you know, I looked I looked at it this morning, being Monday, and I draw my weekly the best I can. I, I go, okay, what do I what's I, I look at what is the most important things on this list, and then from that, I say, well, what is the one thing that I must accomplish today that will build momentum? You know that that will make me feel like I'm making progress, and you know what? The it, this Monday morning, the podcast was the most important thing. It was like I've got to get that done. If I get that done today, is a win. And uh, of course, I've got other things I plan to do as well. But at least I'll have some momentum. I'll say, well, I didn't get everything accomplished, but I got the one thing. Matter of fact, there's a book out there called The One Thing. I can't remember the author, uh, but it's a good book too that talks about just this thing. Getting the one thing done each day. If you get the other things done, great, but get the priority. So brain dump master to list, to do list, a weekly, and then the daily, and then within that, the one thing. That helps me to apply constant and consistent effort in the direction of my goals. And then lastly, yeah, this is this last. Yeah, no, this is actually number four. Diligence requires monitoring or measuring. Three questions that I heard a preacher say years ago. He said, "He said, here's what your people need to know and when it comes to your ministry. Uh, what have you done? What are you doing? And what are you going to do with their help? Okay? I think we can apply that to our day-to-day life and our constant and consistent effort in the direction of our goals, our diligence. Ask yourself, what have I done? Look back and celebrate the wins. Some of you have made tremendous progress in areas of life. This year or this month or even further back over the course of your life, well, look, this is what I, this is what I did through diligence. This, this shows me that diligence works. So ask yourself, what have I done? Ask yourself, what am I doing? What am I doing today that will get me closer to where I'd like to be tomorrow? And then, <clears throat> what am I going to do? With God's help, of course, and all of this, you know, uh, is God willing. But, but what am I going to do? You know, what, what am I pressing toward uh, in the long term? Even though maybe I can't see it clearly, we're not called to just, you know, be static or stagnant. We're called to advance, to prosper, to increase until that day that we step into heaven. You know, don't throw stones at yourself, okay? That's not what this podcast is about, preaching to myself here, because I fall into that trap all the time, you know, is that I I fall short, and I, you know, I look, I'm I'm not making progress, and I get, I have bad days, bad weeks, bad seasons, we all do. The key is to adapt and overcome and get back on that constant and consistent effort in the direction of your goals. And then lastly, diligence requires faith and patience. Um, faith meaning that you can't always see the outcome. You know, I had a goal 
that was very blurry, a vision that was very blurry. I, for years and years and years, even decades, I wanted to use music to reach people way outside the church walls. And so around 2007, things, things started to, you know, we, we had been pastors for years, and I'd pretty much settled that that's what I'm going to do. You know, this is, I can use music within this. It's not quite what I was after, but uh, I love it. I love these people. I love what I get to do. I'm fulfilled. And I'd pretty much settled. And then I've talked about, you know, my friend Jimmy Bratcher coming to our church around 2005 or six and reignited this, hey, it's possible. And so in 2007, I think it was, we took another bold step we laid down the plans to plant our own church and went to work for another man's vision, serving in a mega church, feeling like, hey, you know what? This would be a better... I didn't look at it as a stepping stone into what I really wanted to do. I looked at it as, well, this is where I'm going to be until Jesus takes me home, unless... And so I was kind of... You know, I use that proverb, sow your seed... Uh, it's actually in Ecclesiastes, sow your seed in the morning and the evening. Don't let your hands be idle. You don't know which will bear fruit, either this or that, or both will do equally well. I think that might be 311. I'm not sure, but just search sow your seed in the morning and Google and they'll pull that scripture up. But um, that meant that, okay, I, I'm going to do this job that God's given me to do well, but I have some time to apply effort into the thing that I would do if he released me to do it, if he showed me how to do it. And so I began writing songs. And one of the first things we did, we sold a house, had a little bit of money, not much, kind of had to live off of it, but I made up my mind that one of the ways that I that I was going to apply consistent and constant effort in the direction of my long-term goal was that I was going to build a new pedal board for my guitar, and I was going to continue to write songs. I hadn't had a, a decent pedal board in years, and so... I talked to my friend Jimmy, who's a killer guitar player, knows a lot about tone, and uh, he suggested some certain pedals that were great. And one of those pedals I bought was a Klon Centaur. The Klon Centaur is uh, was cost me three hundred and twenty nine dollars. It's an overdrive pedal that was built by name by a man named Bill Flanagan, I think, up in Massachusetts. I had to wait three months to get it. Uh, and that's a lot of money for a pedal if you think about it. Well, this is a total side note here. I had no idea that only a year later Bill would stop making those pedals and that those pedals, I want you to search the Klon Centaur, K-L-O-N Centaur, C-E-N-T-A-U-R. Search that on eBay. Those things are selling for up to $5,000. It's a great pedal, but it's not a $5,000 pedal, and it's still on my board. Now, I, that, I don't know what that has to do with diligence other than I was still applying pressure in the direction of what I, I would like to do one day. I was trying to be diligent in writing songs. I wrote a song called You Found Me There in 2007. I've probably talked about it before. Um, I had nobody to sing it to. This is why we're talking about diligence requires faith and patience. Um, by faith, I'm, I'm going to build this pedal board. By faith, I'm going to keep writing songs and recording demos. And even though I had nobody to play, play, play them for, it made me very angry at times, you know. But by faith, I'm just going to keep doing it. I have no idea how this is going to unfold. Well, let me just say that today, that is the most requested song when we go to prisons if we've been there before. 
We have played that song for thousands and thousands of inmates over the years. It's not the greatest song ever, but I had no idea that when I was applying diligence to my craft, uh, the craft of songwriting, when I was applying effort, constant pressure in the direction of the thing I'd like to do one day, that God was actually going to allow us to use it that way. So diligence requires faith. Even though you can't see clearly, you know, people will ask questions like, you know, that song, to be honest, I wrote that song um, probably, you know, 15, 30 minutes max, okay? But if somebody asked me, how long did it take you to write that song? I'd be more inclined to say, well, it took 40 years. You know, it, it took from the day I picked up the guitar for the first time until the day that it came out. Yeah, I, I recorded it, wrote it, you know, structured it and everything in about a half hour, but all the diligence it took to get to that point was applicable. And so, just review here, diligence requires goals, both short and long-term. For us as believers, they are automatically kingdom-advancing goals because where you go, the kingdom goes. Number two, diligence is constant and consistent effort in the direction of those goals. Not always giant steps, sometimes baby steps, but you're always applying pressure in the direction of that thing that you feel like God has called you to do, that you have a desire to do. And uh, then thirdly, diligence requires setting priorities uh, for your, you know, you can say your five-year plan. You can go back as far as you want, but it requires, I, for me anyway, I've got to sit down every week with that master to do and then draw from that the one thing, what's the most important. You know, we use that word priorities when really you can't, you can't really Multitask, we can really only do one thing at a time well. And so, uh, fourthly, diligence requires monitoring or measuring. What have you done? What are you doing? What do you hope to do? Measure that. Celebrate the wins. Then ask yourself, how am I spending this thing called precious time today? And then what will I do tomorrow if the Lord allows it? And lastly, diligence requires faith and patience. I hope that helps. Hope you guys have a blessed week. Remember that God has called us to a life of advancement and increase. The path of the righteous winds upward, the Bible says. That we, you know, The older we get, the more tendency we can have to lay back. We might have to slow down a little bit. You know, that's why I said consistency is intensity. We don't have to, like, take the world tomorrow but we're just constantly applying pressure in the direction after we examine our skills, our experiences, our, our abilities. Um, we say, okay, based upon what I can see, here's my goals and here's what I'm going to lean into. And the good news is all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So even if you're off base, God will take what you've applied yourself to and he'll redirect it. And it'll, he'll use it. He'll use the mistakes, the missteps. He'll use those things to further you uh, down the road where he wants you to land. I've seen that over and over. Hey, again, have a blessed week. Hope that helped. Sometimes falling angels fly. I want to remind you that we're a completely donor-funded ministry. You can learn more about Life on the Verge at lifeontheverge.com. You can hear more of our music at theplunders.com or on any streaming service.